okay. And if you haven't uh, read the description, we're going to talk about smell. Fuck and yeah, we are. This is another example of fucked up releases because it's actually still in cinemas, but it's only at certain times mm -hmm. during the day. So if you're working, you're not going to see it. Yeah, yeah, that shit drove me insane. I I was looking forward to seeing it in theaters because I mean that's just that's the way you're supposed to watch horror movies, just in a big crowd. Uh, there's something magical about that, but. Yeah, whatever. I guess if I can watch it on the on my couch in my sweatpants, that's that's a close second, I guess. That, that has its uh, merits too, because you're not having the, you, know, <laughs> you can pause, yeah. you can go do your business, you can top up, you can chill out. But there's something about it's part of the we've talked about this before. It's part of the ritual. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when it's coming out, you're getting dressed up, you're you're planning, you go to for a bite to eat beforehand, afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's all part of an experience. Um, yeah. Going in, you're you're looking for the nudes. You're looking for somebody that's been brought along as a boyfriend or girlfriend or a family member who's a known horror fan, and you're you're clocking those people like to <laughs> see their reaction. Um, you're looking for the old diehards. It's all part of the experience, and then yeah. because of the way cinema is set up, you're absolutely surrounded. Uh, you've got the big screen, you've got the surround sound, you're immersed. Mm -hmm. And that's a completely different experience from home. Yeah. Uh, and I, I yeah, got it. Uh, we were going to cover this. Man, I wish I could have saw that in theaters. Once again, remember, I, I was actually sending Cameron the bloody uh, set. Here, here's here's what's appearing. This is all I can watch. And I'm afraid, because uh, we have Barbarian on a Wednesday at lunchtime. So what the hell is this? Uh, you'd be allowed to watch horror if you're unemployed. Is that the way <laughs> it works? I mean, the sacrifices you got to make, right? <laughs> God, if you. It's again the point you have to book a day's leave to go and watch a fucking movie. Like, it just. As I said, especially over here, we have been hit hard with that, mm -hmm. uh, over the last couple of years, and the cinema franchises and everything just completely up the left. The whole distribution side of things is balls and this should not have been a hard thing movie gets released go watch it but it's becoming uh a mission mm -hmm. but yeah uh, it was the same with this didn't get to see it in theaters it's actually still out but it's on a fucking full moon during the third zenith of the fucking tidal wave you know and you you have to say the magic fucking chantra for the doors to open up in the magical cinema appear let you actually watch a movie it's fucking ridiculous right <laughs> but got to stream it so there we go um the story follows we've got dr uh uh didn't write down her surname rose she's a psychiatrist um her encounter with a patient leads to a whole series of events and it's uh an entity that sort of follows and feeds up misery and fear and it's got it's like a combination of it follows and the ring because it's yeah, like the entire yeah you've got five days and it follows from person to person um mm -hmm. and the only way to sort of beat the things to pass it on but even the way you pass it on it's just not you basically you encounter this and you're stuffed mm -hmm. um the first yeah i know it's on the trailer but the first scene where we see that I don't think we have this over here, I think. Like emergency psychiatric wards. Or like psychiatrists mm -hmm. in the hospital. I don't quite I'm not I'm not familiar with that over here. I know that if somebody comes into like AE, for example, and they've harmed themselves and they're, mm -hmm. they're deemed a threat, there's a there's a procedure that nurses go through that maybe get that person sectioned or they need to stay under observation. But the idea of the emergency psychiatrist, I don't get like on call like a doctor mm -hmm. is that common i mean as far as i know like i mean it's still it's the same situation like um if somebody is opposing any sort of signs of you know harming themselves or potentially others they will 
basically locked him up in a hospital for I think it's like 48 hours, 72 hours, something like that um, for ONA. Um, but ultimately, yeah, they would have a psychiatrist come in and kind of diagnose what the hell's going on. Because the first in this as well in Devlin, Ohio. I don't know if you uh, don't watch it anyway, but um, it was a Netflix series. No, I didn't see it. but she was uh, the main character, not not the the horror one, but the the therapist slash psychiatrist was an on call, like on call, like a doctor. Mm -hmm. Which I didn't think things moved that quickly. Like if somebody was. Uh, showing harm that be restrained, but then the psychiatrist would do an evaluation the next day. They're more of a nine to five, not 24 hour shift sort of thing. Mm. I, I, that's about it. Don't get, but that's, it didn't fully well, take it, it, it does, um, with, uh, not personal experience, but people that I know that have been in situations like that. Um, it is like, they'll have people there, uh, 24 seven. All right. Okay. That's, it's a new thing. Uh, like I said, this is the second time I've encountered this scenario. We we're talking about mm -hmm. basically like an emergency room psychiatrist, which is a new one to me. Well, so I guess we're just crazy on this side of the pond. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a given. <laughs> we've, <laughs> yeah. we've, had, we've had that fucking conversation. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Like a few plug, if I hadn't known, a few fucking plug holes on a few boats would have solved a lot of problems in the world. <laughs> but Set of a, it is what it is. <laughs> Just here's your job, Corkscrew, fucking Mayflower. Right. Blip, 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 blip. Job done. Think of the Titanic having landed. There's another bunch of dickheads that at least you receive from. But yeah, um, that was interesting. Just that whole scenario, and I've, I've, I'm kind of fascinated because it's something new to me, mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily equate that with the emergency room hospitals so how true to life it is i don't know so it's, uh that drew me in that whole like i said second time i encountered it mm -hmm. but what did you think of the whole setup and then the meeting the session between rose and laura weaver um so admittedly the first time i saw it i was a little put off um I don't know. I I was telling my wife. I I think the first time we watched it, I was just being kind of a fucking poopy pants or something. But initially, I was just like, "This kind of funky." But uh, like watching it a second time and understanding the tone of the movie and how it plays out, like it just it was fucking perfect. Uh, the performance was great, uh, even down to how she gets like essentially possessed. Like it it was a great fucking scene I, I thought it was powerful um one thing that cinema can't translate and i think this is a problem with psychological horror we only see physically what mm -hmm. they can produce on screen but it's the actual beyond scene bit mm -hmm. um, yeah that's always the most effective it's the actually tap it in to the trauma and I don't think we'll ever be able to produce that on screen. And you have to kind of forgive that, I think, and understand that it's actually tapping into, like, we could be in a room together and your primal fears would be different from mine, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be something that could be ma necessarily manifested physically. It's, like, drawn into the psyche. And I don't think we'll get to see how the entity does that, because some of this stuff's goofy. You know, the sea in terms of the jump scares and stuff. But yeah, I think I have to understand the actual psychosis behind it or what the entity is tapping into. I don't think it's an easy thing to show on screen. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that's why, uh, you know, showing the monsters as little as possible is always way more effective than when they're in the forefront. Because, like, your, your mind is way scarier than anything they can put on screen yeah and that's that's always been the the successful horror movies uh the tell don't show sort of thing you know it's um it's always the record in the shadows it's never fully formed like the, i i did the alien trilogy last night and of course the first one you don't see the xenomorph it's hidden in the shadows you don't see it in its fully realized form and then uh, in the second one, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be more of an action stuff, but it still has all the horror elements. Mm 
mm-hmm. and you still don't see the xenomorphs fully. Yeah. And it works, even though there's loads of them. You, they're only they're in the shadows. They're in a horde. You don't actually see the full shape, so it still has that horror element. Mm-hmm. And then in the third one, we'll have CGI fucking puppy xenomorph. And God, that thing looks awful. I mean, when you see the CGI why, why scenes, didn't, why didn't you watch the fourth one alongside? No, no, no. There's what fourth one? <laughs> no, no, no. It's only a trilogy. I, yeah, I know. there's only a I think it was a knockoff of China. So talk about there's other movies, but I don't believe it. You know what I mean? There's a <laughs> yeah, the third one wasn't great, but that was a complete story told. You know what I mean? And that's I'm glad they never revisited. I know there's been a few <laughs> knockoffs to that, but you know. But that's that was an example of don't show the full entity. They're perfectly for two movies, and third one's like fucking oh, what the hell. Uh, and just you just removed any uh, tension and horror. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, we kind of get the idea that this is unlocked something. Uh, it just seemed like a, uh, somebody might be unstable just doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And then her reaction to it, which would have been fair enough. But then we start to hear that she's working the ADR week. She's pushing herself to the limit. So there's something else going on there because mm-hmm. surely like i said it's not like she's a hard tr- and this is where i've got a problem getting my head around um mental health is not a quick fix you know like clear fixed you know it's not yeah. like that wouldn't that be nice <laughs> yeah um like the title of electors are very clear it doesn't kind of work like that it's a slow process so, like I said, I don't understand a psychiatrist being on call, like, um, 20 second therapy, stop. You know, I don't, I can't meld those two together. So that's where I'm having with problems with her being constantly on call because mm-hmm. logically the therapy session would be held during the day. And, the, you know, the routine would go at night. You wouldn't be holding sessions at like 9, 10 p.m. with a, current patient that just maybe to make it as an assessment but even then well, I mean, I don't see it that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. a nurse can make that you know well it's I, um, I think it's to uh more so figure out what part of the hospital they're going into and what kind of restraints they need and all that shit yeah I mean, triage yeah, but i don't see it yeah. as involved as what she's saying that's mm-hmm. that's where i'm having a difficulty mm-hmm. with this character and like i said i've kind of before They've done the same character with that series, and I don't get it. It would be a triage, like a triage nurse. They're not fully involved with the treatment. They're just making a, a snap assessment. They're actually not getting too involved with the patient, just from my limited understanding. They'd be making that, okay, this person's likely to self-harm. They need to go there, or if they're sedated, recheck it an hour. But I don't mm-hmm. see her being in that intense environment, like a heart surgeon or a yeah. trauma surgeon. And that's what they're trying to build her up to be. And this is where I'm having trouble, like I said, trying to reconcile those mm-hmm. two elements with this character. And that's um that's been my difficulty throughout this movie. I mean, if, if, that, if that's the worst of it, then that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I didn't have a problem buying into like her being there and her putting in that kind of work. Um, I mean, especially as time goes on in the story, because we realize that she's fucking crazy. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, for me. <laughs> and it becomes obvious, like there to like, she kept referring to Rose as my patient. I lost my patient. And even her supervisor goes, her sister was it? her sister. This is somebody you met for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Who's just said that line. That was her sister. It was her sister. Yeah, yeah. Somebody you met for ten minutes. Why are you losing your mind over this? Which, which, uh, I mean, you you watch somebody kill themselves. If you don't got the stomach for that, I mean, that's gonna fuck you up. So her sister's kind of a cunt. (laughs) Well, her sister is a cunt, but that's completely, you know. Yeah. (laughs) The thing is, her sister's a cunt, but then we see why, and you kind of have sympathy for her briefly. Uh, Not a likable character, neither is her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an issue I have. These are not likable characters, which doesn't. Help. You know what? 
honestly, I think that worked because, um, like, it gave definitely gave me more sympathy for her. Um, like, especially the interactions with her husband. Like, he was, I mean, she's essentially his beard. Like, that guy, he's he's not straight. That so that's like you know already a me? fucked up dynamic. Do you know what came to mind when I first saw him? Uh, Do you remember our good friend, Captain Turtleneck? Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. That totally is Captain Turtleneck. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it. I really need to rewatch that movie. Oh, God. That's, but, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, straight up. Holy shit. Yeah, that guy is well, Captain, Captain Turtleneck Returns. Yeah, straight up. Oh my god, I'm not gonna be able to see this shit the same again. <laughs> yeah, it's the same dynamic. Like that dude is just in a completely different movie. He's a fucking asshole. Like that shit. Uh, you know, the moment that she freaks out because she sees her patient standing in the shadows of her kitchen as she's sitting there with a glass of wine. Which, let's be realistic, you had a shit fucking day. Why are you using a glass? Just pull the fucking cork out, go sit your ass down and just pound from the bottle. Like that's yeah, what a normal him. human's gonna do. But yeah, like that instance where he comes home, he scares her, she drops it, and she's like trying to just vent to him, like, this is what happened. And he's just staring at her like she's an asshole. And then she stops. She's like, No, no, just just never mind. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like, what the fuck? Like, if you are somebody's partner, like you should be concerned you should want them to be able to tell you everything like what kind of um, fucked up relationship are they in yeah and somebody necking themselves in front of you like mm. at a gruesome way um even though she's in that environment she may have seen that once or twice mm. but maybe i still not can't that imagine that being easy though no um that's not a normal thing to happen to you it's like mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's one thing to be in a, a work environment or in a, a a medical environment. Look, you're going to see people die. That's just what happens when you're at a hospital. Yeah. But and you probably see the aftermath of people do that. Or... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's completely balls of the wall out there. That's that's sensory overload. And uh, I've had too many people decide they've had enough with this world. Still haven't seen it up close and personal, which I don't want to. Mm -hmm. So chop, but they actually have it done in such a way. Um, nah, you'd have a bit of a oh shit here, have another fucking. <laughs> and they're trying to do this middle class thing, you know, the uppity middle class type people, but they're mm -hmm. both trailer trash essentially. When you see the house, the, the upbringing they come from, so it's like oh you, yeah, you wouldn't you'd revert back to type fucking plug. So it's. Um, weird dynamics. The character, as I said, the characters are too fake, mm -hmm. and maybe it's part of the psycho. We see as it unravels as part of the psychosis. She's built up this image of persona. Yeah, but yeah, the if you're chugging white wine anyway, you're an idiot. Oh god, that's fucking... yeah. I mean, I just yeah. go straight for the bourbon or something. Come on, like... get something decent in your fucking white wine. <laughs> right, Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, um, I just didn't get, I didn't feel any, I just felt a coldness mm -hmm. and people going through the motions and then you know sympathy for the character because you're like, oh god, these are fucking arseholes. Yeah. And that's sort of thing that puts me off trying to be successful in life. I don't want to be in those circles. I don't want to mix with those people. I can barely <laughs> stomach them when I have to work with them, but I have no desire to live that lifestyle mm -hmm. and be that you know, if that's what you have to be to like be financially successful and that and be that sort of fucking idiot, no thanks. I'm good. Uh it just it, it calls something in me when I see these type of people and the way they live their lives and play it, I'm just uh, uh disgusted. Fair. But when I see trashy people too, I get the same revulsion, so I'm aware I don't fit in anywhere, you know. It's just, <laughs> yeah. See, I just feel that way when I see people in general. It's just like, ooh, gross. Yeah. Like, there's a few that I like. There's a lot that I'll tolerate, but for the most part, man. Yeah, so it's like, go away. like I was <laughs> born to be a hermit in the woods. Like, that's pretty much it. I can see that. I can I can go that uh, way. Just I like my I've got I like my comforts too, so those can build myself comfortably. Yeah, yeah. As long as I got running water, electricity, and good internet, 
just throw me in the middle of the woods. I, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. I'll be up. Um, of course, um, we get introduced to Mustache. Yeah, and which that may as well okay. got a fucking billboard out. Yeah, it was. Uh, I had a problem with it initially because it's like, oh obviously they're going to kill a cat. Why are you introducing a cat? Like that's the only reason animal is there typically, but I will say, uh... it was so poorly done that it worked perfectly for me. Like I understand it was supposed to look real. It did not look real. Like especially the scene with the kid pulling him out of the box, that kid literally had nothing in his hand. <laughs> And I, I yeah. dug that. But why they gotta kill the um, animal? Why? I always kill the animal. You're fucking assholes with that. And it's a trope that's been done time and time again. And they already set it up because the way she got the food bowls out three times, they're making a big thing. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just a background character to say that had a cat. Especially this big, empty, cold house. Mm -hmm. And the one cat. Like, you'd have at least five cats. Let's be honest. You have that space. Yeah, at the very least. At the very least, so the one singular cat, you know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Oh God, um, just right here back there. The, the most horrific scene, it wasn't even gruesome, but uh, there was a Clint Eastwood movie about a serial killer. It wasn't playing Misty for me, it was um, the one that the, their, his family's had like all these dogs, like run about and yapping and the freaking killer took them all out. I was like, oh, you bastard. Yeah, it's like, I hate it. It's such a lazy fucking trope. Like, oh, this is how we show that this person's evil. No, just show us the person is evil. Like, we'll understand. We'll be able to put two and two together. You don't have to kill the animals. I mean, with this, I understood because it was like just literally trying to separate her from everything so that it could take her in the end. And mm -hmm. spoiler, it's fucking successful. But still, it's like, I cat could have just ran away i've been okay with that yeah um yeah I've, like i said what was the problem i just don't like it it's just um uh, like you said it's lazy it's, mm -hmm. but at the same time it didn't work in the sense of this thing's actually taking over her psyche that she has blackouts mm -hmm. and can actually make her carry the actions yeah what did you think of the whole, because this played into the whole family dynamic between Rose and Holly, the sisters, um, that first dinner date scene? That, I mean, I believed it. That's how I am with a lot of my family. <laughs> you just kind of tune out, and then they say something, and it's like, ah, yes, I should acknowledge that they spoke. Yeah, it's uh, fully fucking believable for me. It's entering through the motions, I'm just like, nah. <laughs> Most of my family don't. Just the balance and nothing in common with them. Never really had them growing up, so I'm like, yeah, that's it. Apart from the odd cousin or two, generally, my family don't exist. That's just the way it is. Can't be bothered. Yeah. Don't see the point in giving up your time to spend with someone that you're not invested in. Mm -hmm. And just that whole dinner, it's like, why is he even bothered at yeah. this point? Especially when you're separating yourselves. You're different personalities you don't like each other for a start that's obvious mm -hmm. why do they waste time but it kind of shows i think their own lives that they're empty because the only people have are each other yeah yeah i feel like people don't appreciate solitude as much as they should there is this and i think that's what causes a lot of problems people can't be comfortable in their own company mm-hmm and it's those that are reaching out and latch on to people and even people that are not even remotely close to you, they'll latch on them just because of their, and then that's why you have failed relationships. That's why you have problems. Yeah. And in the moment they're trying to say that you're everything I want in a friend or partner, but they're not, they're just filling a void, but they don't know how to do it themselves. And this is played out in this movie. Let's be honest. It's oh yeah. Like, um, Rose and uh, what do you call them? Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, uh, like those two should not be together. No, like they're not. No, they're not even. They're not even friends. Shacking up, you know, making a build mm house -hmm. or a life for themselves. They're fucking empty vessels. They yeah, just kind of, and kind it's of drift together. Yeah, it's so 
so terrible. <laughs> I mean, like a partner. What's up? I said even Rose and her partner as well. It's the same thing. Yeah. That's. Uh, but I think that contributes as well. Where that what this entity feeds on. Mm-hmm. So it plays out a good uh, section of what what it feeds on, and this is the sort of people it's gravitated towards. But it doesn't quite answer. Does the the once the entity's latched on, does it go looking for someone like that? Or is it just happy coincidence that it finds a new host? Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit I'm struggling with as well because it's like it, because it can actually control its uh, host's actions and make the host forget or not even realize it's doing that sort of thing. Can it read and write? Can it search people? Can it choose its next victim? Or is it on the clock and just has to find someone? I don't know. I I mean, I would imagine it'd be the former, but I, at the same time, with stuff like this, I don't mind not knowing everything because it adds to the you know the mystery of the entity and how it works. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we get stuff like it follows, and that was pretty straightforward how it works, and it was like, oh, okay, cool. Never revisited it. Um, this one I'd watch again. I'm up. Um, I might get another run through, but it's not something I'd be like super excited to pick up just because once you once you once you've seen it, you've seen it. It's one of the type of movies. I mean, I I don't know. I dug it the second time like way more than I did the first time. But this is also like my like my kind of shit. Like I love stuff that feels like it's stylistically from the late nineties, early two thousands, like almost like the early James Wan type of shooting and that that's what this felt like to me like i i loved it okay and then uh cal's character the ex-boyfriend like what was the point of him apart from a plot device it his character worked i mean he was the driving force between or uh, uh behind rather her finding out what's going on with the curse and how to prevent it and then ultimately fail like he was yeah he was a weird one but being an ex and being an ex he could have easily been a sympathetic police officer that maybe was looking at this himself i don't know like the ex angle it makes sense to me especially because like it's set up from the get-go that he clearly wants her it was not a mutual breakup so mm-hmm. it makes more sense why he's doing shit like going out of his way to get information for her, going out of his way to get her an interview with the only survivor of this curse like a sympathetic cop's not going to do that shit because this is just you know a random person from work whereas this guy's like hey maybe i can get back in her pants this way so i i bought it i don't know i just got the feeling that there's a chance for us to expand out and it just centered on the same characters and just went around the circle because with these type of movies, I like the exploration part and the investigative part. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like she investigated once and then went back into her circle again. She revisited the same people. And that's what I find a bit frustrating. Where I'd I like to that that maybe delve a bit more into it and meet new characters, even if only briefly, to maybe fully discover the horror of this and how long it's been going. Um, and it just felt like she dipped her toe into it and then retreated straight back into the same circle of five people see i i kind of see it as um like because they didn't explore the extent of like how long this has been going on uh they didn't see all the people uh that were the survivors of the victims like i feel like that kind of leaves it open to if they want to bring back or if they want to come back to this story they can with a different character and maybe explore further back so I think it's smart on their part if they did want to do the sequel. But... Oh god, it's also don't get a sinister two tech thing. Yeah, yeah. I... Uh, that's the try that. The try that was it took me a while was... to took me a while to actually stomach watching the first one, and then of course I saw it and actually enjoyed it. Second one, yeah, definitely not so much. Yeah, I don't think this is a this is not a franchise. I don't believe it's a franchise. Um. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I got to argue with that. Like I, because the thing is the, the entity 
like everything that we saw on screen of the entity is the manifestation of her own psyche. Mm-hmm. So they could play like the same beats with a different character and have completely different visuals. And it could, I don't know. I, I, I would like to see where they go with that. If that was ever a thing that they were going to do. Well, I guess this movie was pretty successful. It's actually been lauded. Um, just worry. I, I don't like hype, you know, with hype of movies that kind of puts me off, but generally this has been well received and don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this movie. Didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Just a few bits that are just not sitting with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether it's purposeful or just my reaction to certain characters and people, you know, a certain, as we talked about at the start, this fucking middle-class subset living in a bubble, uh, I don't like so these characters you know makes it difficult for me to have sympathy for the characters i'm an asylum beast in this case you know uh i'm I'm more interested about the beast and what it can do and the fact that it is a talking thinking entity Mm -hmm. and not just a mindless thing i want to delve more of that the characters are beat puppets as far as i'm concerned Especially this lot. I don't know, man. I, I feel like we got that pretty well because, again, it's one of those things where you don't want to see the monster more than you have to because that's what makes it scary. Mm-hmm. But the fact that anytime she does see the monster prior to like the full blown possession, um, and like, even that was three terrifying. Like the, the scene with the uh, the therapist when she's sitting there that going was, over that was the best scene in the whole movie. Uh, oh my god! And it's so funny too because that's a trailer moment. And in the trailer, it's like, oh, that looks, that doesn't look good. But once we get the context, it's like, holy shit, that's effective because it's out in the open because uh, they're uh, in their uh, living room or whatever, which is just nothing but windows. It's the middle of the day, so it's bright as shit. All the colors are vivid. Like, it's the opposite of where you'd want to put a jump scare. So it was so effective. And that's, uh, I've talked about this before, that's the best horror that's done in daylight. Mm-hmm. I don't think a yeah, lot of horror directors understand that horror. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, middle of the day, mm-hmm. uh, still the most impactful movie of all time, and it still gives people the heebies. Dude, the one that still gets yeah. me to this day, like anytime I think of something that like got under my skin, it's the witch in the window. Like just being in the middle of the fucking day and hanging on it. Uh, you know, again, I, I, I'm usually a fan of less is more, but when it gets to a point where it's uncomfortable, like that's pretty sweet too. Yeah, because we're used to when it gets dark, spooky shadows. Not, but if you can put enough horror, sorry, I'm going to cough again. <laughs> sorry, about that. I can't get rid of this thing. Um, yeah, middle of the day, you're supposed to be safe. You're not supposed to be harassed. Mm-hmm. And when you get the true horrors happening there, that's that's fantastic, and it has to be it has to be cleverly done. And that's mm-hmm. props to this movie for doing that scene with the therapist, so straight laced until the phone call. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, uh, definitely my favorite scene in the whole movie, just because the impactfulness. And yeah. even having seen the trailer, still unexpected. Just brilliant the way because uh, I was I was invested and I was going yeah. on with the scene anyway and I'd actually forgotten about the trailer. Seeing it, it, it still worked. Mm-hmm. Um, the one with her sister running out of the house and the head drooping that didn't work. I it made me laugh. Yeah, just, so yeah, I just I'll, like, I'll, what the hell's that? I'll give it a single thumbs up for that one because it made me giggle. Yeah, that that might have been the level of you know uh, you know but. Once again, what I've said about how it's so hard to translate a psychotic breakdown on the screen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't impact us as a viewer, but I, Rose, I feel... we know, is on the edge mm-hmm. anyway. Well, and she was on the edge before she encountered us. And that's what we find out going along. But she, she was just one incident away from breaking apart any roads. Yeah. Yeah. She's working herself to death. She's in a loveless relationship. She's. An empty person. Yeah. Well, and she's constantly battling with the trauma from a ch- you know her childhood, where she watched her mother OD, and of course at the end we find out that 
mom tried to get her to save her, but she was fucking terrified of her and secretly wanted her dead. Yeah, because it's not right for a child to go through that. Um, yeah, I mean, as, yeah, the whole backstory as a child that grew up somewhat like that, yeah, I totally get it, like, not wanting to help. It's like, eh, if they check out, that means I don't have to deal with this anymore. So, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, um, all right, I'm a firm believer in a stable home. Mm-hmm. I respect anything, you know, you close your front door and that should be peace. Not always possible, but still, that should be the mindset. And if somebody's broken and they don't understand that, that's where... I've dealt with broken people all my life, you know, through work and voluntary things. Uh, kind of why I'm a cynical little bastard now, because I just see the pattern repeat. And nobody... Too many people just put a sticking plaster on it and they're, they're coasting for a nice, well-paid job. And they're not actually interested in delving in the bottom of the problem. They want to say nice words. They want to virtue signal. They want to do the things. Like what I said at the start about the, the actually supporting... If you claim to love a franchise, then put your hand in your fucking pocket and support it. That's worth more than all the virtue signal of the day. And it's the same with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know what the problems are. It's not a it's not a hard thing. It's all down to those first years of your life, how you're brought up, mm-hmm. can dictate the rest. So we're seeing Rose's character, and we can understand. She feels like she's paying some sort of penance, and she's prepared to work herself to death mm-hmm. to pay this penance that she feels she has to taking the burden on her shoulders as what was she 11 when this happened yeah i was like 10 or 11. yeah what what fucking 11 year old needs to do that shit mm-hmm. and recent experience of with an addict is not fun and it's like yeah. that's not right what what fucking part of your brain doesn't understand you don't get on i guess when you're raising a kid it's fucking that mm-hmm. just gets me but you can understand as this gets more revealed the deep trauma and then the two sisters and like like i said i don't understand why they just didn't cut each other out of their lives rose went one direction and uh, holly went the other yeah and she's playing the, the middle class soccer mom sort of thing um and that's her role she's found mm-hmm. and the house is filled and noisy with all these people, but it's still an empty house. It's still that. Uh, yeah, it's you know, at least her, her husband kind of understands it, I think, and that's why he's kind of protective. Mm-hmm. He, I think he understands more than fucking Mr. Woodenplank. Oh, yeah. Well, not only understands, but cares. <laughs> yeah. Like, clearly cares. Even though I didn't, I didn't read his character, still, there's more of a a love in that relationship mm-hmm. and i think holly's done the better job of trying to break the cycle but yeah definitely why she maintains a relationship with her sister i don't know because that's the toxic i mean element. that's yeah i mean that's just called having a family <laughs> like you want to cut them out because they're bad for you but they're still your family so it's like ah, i guess i'll kind of talk to them like i uh, thing is i relate so much to this fucking movie that it's like huh i wonder when i'm gonna get possessed by something that's gonna make me kill myself oh don't get me wrong my, not uh, one side of my family in particular is super <laughs> toxic um, yeah one side of my family is super toxic and honestly most of them uh no time for whatsoever mm-hmm. the other side are rough and ready but they weren't as bad but it didn't really have much of a opportunity to get to know them there's a massive age gap for a start. I was a young kid and they're all in the adulthood. And so that didn't help. Um, but there's one side of my family I've maybe passed the time of day with. The other side I just wouldn't have anything to do with. And I've cut many of them off. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're, hello, Colin. I'm like, who the hell are you? Like there's people, there's members of my family would walk past me in the street and I would not recognize them. And that's a <laughs> genuine truth. But then again, that's how I am wired. I, I do cut I burn bridges. That's mm-hmm. always been my persona. So maybe I don't understand this people grasping together for the sake of it. So maybe that's the bit I didn't get from this movie because I'm like, why is he even still talking to each other? But then that's me going, fucking, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have seen evidence to the opposite of that in real time. I mean, you know, you win some. You <laughs> 
we have seen contradicting the evidence the my intelligence and life choices <laughs> but it's all about how I'm... you pick yourself up now yeah, well, that's moving forward that's all you can do <laughs> um this is where we might disagree the uncovering of the mystery itself was it enough for you or i feel it was kind of glossed over like I said, maybe it's just because i wanted more mystery solving see it worked for me because like one it leaves it open to exploring this more and not it and it not being stale potentially um but two like she's also like she was told from the get-go i mean it's not the get-go but about day two or three that she has four to seven days like that's the average time span of when somebody witnessed a suicide and then Mm -hmm. committed suicide so the fact that she only got to explore oh so much of it all the while trying to like keep her shit together and um you know try to figure out a way to essentially get rid of the curse like i understood she's only going to get so far with it um and i mean that's why i i like her ex-boyfriend character uh because it's like of course that's the only thing that was going to help to uh progress her discovery of everything going on fairness um i have second more of her using her professional status and if the cal character had to be more invested himself researching this mystery here's what i've discovered but i can only go so far as a police officer maybe you as a psychiatrist can help you know i'm older and scully type thing i was looking forward to but maybe because yeah. i'm looking for the the folklore i like things that are delved in myth or folklore no same i i agree and that's that's why i think and i hope honestly they set up a sequel because like going deeper down the rabbit hole would be awesome maybe a different character completely is not the same if they do the same middle class bubble mm-hmm. i might but if they do it with somebody completely random and that that's where i was trying to figure out is it looking for does it choose its victims even though it's got a limited time well and the thing is it would actually make sense like if they picked up the like if they were to do the sequel but pick up exactly where it left off because that's how it works you see somebody kill themselves and then you got four to seven days um i mean pick up with the cop and obviously he already has an idea of what's going on he already knows like oh shit like he's got the list of people like he could delve in further with that shit so i don't know that again i guess that's just me hoping that there's going to be a sequel but that's why i i didn't feel like it it, it's why I don't feel like I needed more of an explanation of the curse or anything. You're, you're kind of seeing the long picture where I'm kind of wanting enough threads in the, the original movie. Maybe yeah. that's maybe because it wasn't yeah. like I said, I don't like the I didn't like the characters, so I don't want to spend too much time with them. I wanted to like delve away more into the mystery because these characters are fucking unlikable. Cal, I kind of feel sympathy for. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a tragic case. Because he's fallen in love with a broken thing. Yeah. But he's never going to be unattainable broken thing at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Back to said stupid fucking choices in life. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just. Uh, maybe I'm looking for that. Maybe a sequel wouldn't be too bad. Um, this did, this did really well. So there's it's viable for there to be a sequel. Because it's been, I don't think anybody's piled on it. I, I know I'm nitpicking, but I did watch the movie. I just felt, because it was two hours long, maybe could have truncated it a bit. Towards the end, it was dragging yeah. on a bit. Some of it could have definitely been hogged off. Like it's, that's the thing. I I have no problem watching a movie that's two plus hours, if it's necessary. Like that, honestly, that's my biggest gripe with uh, like Terrifier Two. They could have taken an hour off of that movie, and it would have been amazing. They could have taken away the whole storyline of uh, God, what's her face being the chosen one, their father's visions. That added nothing. Mm-hmm. To no, then took it away. If anything, like especially that end scene, like it was just like, why? When the fuck did Rob Zombie take over this movie? Because that felt like Halloween too. 
I think um, I think the director felt he had to ramp it up. I think he wasn't expecting the success from the first one, and maybe there was this whole thing of having to ramp it up. And he was his name's all over, so he was kind of um, fucking George Lucas type territory of I'm the director, I'm the producer, I'm this, I'm that. And I think he needed somebody to help him along. I think if he's going for the third one, he needs a, he needs somebody to help him along, take the burden off, and him stick to the original ethos of uh, art because mm-hmm. art works so well as just a evil sadistic being that just lives for the hunt yeah that's enough that's no, enough Eddie, he was so no mad too. like i want to see the to, cut of... do we need to do do we need to do a deep dive in both these movies <laughs> i guess shit I know I did I talk about Terrifier too? Yeah. I did, didn't I? I don't yeah. unbox the Blu-rays. But we can I think yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I thought you did do a, a review of didn't the I? second one. I'm pretty sure you did. I think fucking movies might done whatever we it I doesn't think, matter. We can fucking talk about yeah, it because I, I didn't we'll talk, talk about it with you. <laughs> I think uh yeah, I think we'll do the I think we'll do Terrifier one and two. We'll do a dice on it, just go go balls deep. Because I've uh I think they didn't go too far to ruin it. I know we're going off on a tangent, but here, if you've watched this show more than once, it's what we do. We're at the end of this movie anyway, so. Yeah, it, that's the thing. Like, th- this movie is definitely very light on the story. It's all about the atmosphere, the ambiance, and the just sheer terror of what she's going through and not being able to accept it. Yeah, it's all her character. That's what this is focused on. Um, and I'm more interested in the supernatural entity and where it comes from and how, you know, what makes it tick and where. So, I didn't get my fix of enough of that. Without, once again, don't need to see the monster because we know that the monster shape shifts. But like it, it shift shifts to the individual person's uh, own fears. Mm-hmm. So I get that. I don't need to see a physical creature. See, I don't I know, man. I I dug that ending scene, like where we got like a. Well, that split. still wasn't the. That still wasn't the creature. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the cool part though. Is the creature is whatever that person's psyche is terrified of. I mean, it ends up being the mother, and then the mother becomes all gigantic and deformed. And, all and then at it the wasn't... end, what's that? It wasn't the actual creature. It was a, a bastardization of the mother figure. So it wasn't. We didn't get a reveal. Yeah, we did though, actually, because the moment where the creatures like got full possession, like splits open her mouth and is starting to go in, that's not the mother anymore. That's not the mother deformation. That's like yeah, just. I a... don't think it was. For example, I... I don't think we could see that again. We could see something completely different. I mean, that's going to your theory. Yeah, I, and I like that idea. I do so, like that idea. This could be something, it could be smaller next time and climb in there, but it could be a spider, it could be a bird, it could be anything. Just because it happened to be this particular shape doesn't mean that's the final form of the creature. Which, like you're saying, that's that's what I'm on board with. It doesn't have to be. Well, it's just, I mean, that's like what Pennywise does. And that's yeah. fucking awesome. It's just a, a mirror of the psyche, and just mm-hmm. uh, she's still seeing it while she's being possessed. And that's I'm I'm down with that. That's uh, that's where I wanted to see a bit more of, like I said, the story or occasions or some sort of. I wanted a thread. I wanted a thread of some sort of myth or lore to hold on to. That's that's all I wanted because I love that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And if it does, and it doesn't have to reveal everything in the second movie if I do go for one, but give me a couple of those threads rather than another character piece. Well, and see, that's why I think if they were to do a sequel, and they were to pick up off or pick up where they left off, that's how we would get that, because we already have the whole setup of the entity, how it possesses somebody, and how the curse works. So, and he's already coming into it with that knowledge, uh, both mm-hmm. firsthand and from the research. So it would just make sense that he would go 
deeper into it to see how far back it goes um and if there were any yeah he's better equipped cal's better equipped definitely mm -hmm. yeah so with I, a little I bit of time because he's looking and cold mm -hmm. yeah um our final conversation was decent that could have been so cheesy but it actually mm -hmm. worked out and then the, it reminds me back to the argument sorry Oh, well, I, I was going to say, that's why I, I feel like the length of the movie kind of worked because we get so much build up to it that when the final confrontation happens and the possession happens, it's such a little blip in the grand scheme of the movie that it's not cheesy. It's not overdone. Um, and especially because a lot of this, other than the cat, has been practically done. Like, they didn't do CGI smiles. They didn't do, you know, big, scary CGI characters. I mean, of course, there was some shit that it looked wonky because how else are you going to pull that off practically? Like the stabbing scene in the hospital where mm -hmm. she's just going to town. Um, like that that knife is not going to go that fast into somebody. No. So, of course, they had to do I'll that. catch a knife. <laughs> plus, plus, once we find out that, that was just a, a, a hallucination, anyways, that fits well. Um, so I think the context of everything it, it it worked really well. Oh yeah, I have no problem. Um, and you know me, I love great about CGI effects, mm -hmm. but I didn't get that. That's one thing I can say. Yeah. No complaints. Uh, I went along and I got everything in its context, even the wonky bit. Like I said, the the comedy bit of uh, Holly's head wonking down for no yeah. reason um but then when the cut to the scene of her just flipping out in her car by herself and the wee kid watching her it actually that could have been a really daft cheesy scene mm -hmm. but once again back to the transit under her psychosis and you see her just in the car ah, and the wee kid watching like traumatized yeah. watching like who wants to watch somebody losing their they break down in front of you and not be a person mm -hmm. anymore. So that's that's where the balance out the cheesiness of that particular scene by flipping it straight across and it worked brilliantly. And that's what this movie has mm -hmm. done so well. Definitely. Is where yeah. it could have fallen into complete cheesiness and daftness by bringing it back to it's her head. And this is what I'm saying at the start, why it's so difficult to translate psychosis on the screen. Mm -hmm. because you don't know what's in somebody else's head so what might be a trigger for someone that could completely affect you yeah and vice versa and that's that's never going to be 100 mm -hmm. you're never going to fully bring that across but yeah uh, back to what i said when you actually see the family home the fact it's land there derelict and it's um in the middle of nowhere and then it reminds me back to the argument her and her sister have about selling the home. Maybe that's why they're still in touch, because Holly wants rid of that place, mm -hmm. and Rose is holding on to it, and there's no viable reason. Like, yeah. You still have to pay property tax, don't you? Yeah. So if that's uh, land abandoned, the property tax still has to be paid. That's one thing I don't understand about a lot of these movies. These old abandoned homes that stay there, for years and years, yet they don't get reclaimed because of property tax. It's the same over here with um, council tax. If you don't pay your council tax, the bailiffs are coming after you. So why do these home? Who who's paying this? Right. Um, at what point legally? I know it's, I know I'm going into semantics, but just it's always been a running problem with the old abandoned house that just lies there. Mm -hmm. There's no way that's sat there and no attempt has been made to reclaim it. If Rose is paying the, the property tax in this, then would she not at some point have claim to the house? Yeah. Full claim? Yeah. If that's... Holly want them to keep it, why is she only paying half? Is she paying half the property tax? I know it's I know it's a movie, but it just it's that practicality that <laughs> niggles at me. Yeah. There's some way to break that deadlock, and that's the thing. The property tax is stopping this prop uh piece of land and house being reclaimed by somebody but that's that's just me nitpicking. it's hard not to nitpick shit like that sometimes because it just it pops into your head randomly and it's like that's what you'll pick at it's like that little bit of hangnail that you just keep going until there's a cut all the way up the side of your arm 
Yeah, that's why I need distractions like lore and stuff. That's why I need to be distracted because <laughs> when you focus on that, I'm just if that's all you're giving yeah. me to look at, then I'm going in. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the it all uh, worked out. Like she didn't want to be fine, or she wanted the end of the curse, but she drove her car right up with her phone and GPS tracking and stuff. So we knew it was setting up for her to be fine anyway. But yeah, that could easily be explained that she's not. The, the entity is working against her as much as she's trying to work against it. Mm -hmm. And with her breakdown, so she wouldn't think, like, drives a car right up to the property. Uh, if she wasn't, if she was thinking more, she'd have driven the car somewhere else and walked in. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's that's kind of explained, I think, with the battle between her and the entity. The entity's trying to work its will too, because it wants to carry on. Yeah. Cal was a good, uh, I think Cal was a good uh, person to bring up at the end, the witnesses. Yeah. So while I had problems with his character being the ex and stuff, now, now you've kind of talked me, you've talked me into uh, his value and merits. Well, that's it's the thing. Like, it, If he was a good ex in his mind, of course he's going to know where like her secret place is. And like if she's trying to hide, where the fuck is she going to go? The one place that she has to go that's isolated so yeah it, it just it made sense that he would have been the one that showed up mm -hmm. well it was a good ending um like i said it could be set up for a sequel as long as i don't do uh sinister 2 mm -hmm. type sequel please don't do that that was <laughs> yeah. a good that was a good time there was and it was annoying because with that movie uh there was enough there to make a very interesting franchise mm -hmm. to play with, and then they fucked it up. The second movie, I was like, okay, there is. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was so surprised with Black Phone actually, because it's like, oh god, if this is you, don't, don't ever make a Black Phone tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he mustn't. Uh, he might be okay with the original ideas, but not the not the sequel sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this uh, plays out because it was real. Uh, did really well at the box office. Mm -hmm. People are raving about it. It's generally positive reviews. It thankfully hasn't got caught into the nonsense. It's refreshing to see a movie that isn't caught into. If you don't watch this, you're an estophobe, fucking blah, 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 blah. And if you do mm -hmm. watch it, you're an estophobe, blah, 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 this stupid shit that goes on. It's nice just to have a movie and talk about it in its own merits. Mm -hmm. So nice. Yeah, it's um, so rare these days. And it's fucking stupid. That's why if we can keep the dickheads out of horror, use fucking do whatever you want with other uh, franchises and other genres, crack on with that, but leave us alone because right. we're we can we can sit here and spend over an hour now picking over bits and in the end we'll both enjoy the movie. <laughs> and mm -hmm. we'll, yeah, we'll no, I, I dug it. Right, and it's funny too. So I was nervous because everything I had seen from people I knew that saw it, it was just not good. And it's like, ah, I don't know if I believe them, but fuck it, I'll try it. And yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised with this movie. Yeah, cool. Um, so there you go, there's our review. Um, let us know what you think. If you've watched it, obviously leave comments, uh, start a conversation. Respectfully, of course, don't be an arse. No need. We have managed <laughs> to disagree on things and still, uh, <laughs> still keep it civil. It's, it is possible, you know? Yeah. Um, Great guys, look at you did. You lost Adam when you brought up property taxes. <laughs> I mean, I get it, dude. I get it. Yeah, I'm fucking home too. We have the same over here that with shit. council tax. It's a fucking uh it's a strong arming tactic. It's fucking horrible. And they go proper aggressive over here. If you miss I think more than a month, the bailiffs will actually come to your door, practically kick it down and take your possessions. Shit. Proper militant over here. Obviously, only in England because if they tried it in Scotland or anywhere else, they get the shit kicked out of them. So they only get away with it in England because fucking English are weak and put up with it. <laughs> Seems to me if somebody if somebody over here appears with a high vis vest or one of them stupid, uh, a lot of security people wearing them stupid tactical vests. It's like, what the fuck you put all those pockets? You're walking around a fucking shopping center or a supermarket. No word fucking tactical vests. But people automatically defer to them. It's very, very strange. In England. But anywhere else, they just get slapped about for being a nurse and get laughed at. I mean, that, that's how it should be. <laughs> it's uh, something else. But that's that's another tangent. <laughs> and again, um, 
But if one thing this uh, this movie should bring about is the evil of property tax and council tax, because if you bought somewhere you own it, that should be it, not your fucking temporary rent until the government decides it wants to take it off you or have a mechanism to do so. Right. But that's that's our social political fucking bit done. Like it's spit that much. Not entire channel. Um so just like to wrap up, I want to say thanks to our horrific authors. We are nearly at the 100th horrific tale. About two okay, more yeah, stories. So if, if you're an aspiring writer and author, please send in your submissions. Um, let's get to the hundredth at least, and then we can crack on 2023 with a to get the 200. It's entirely possible. Um, but I want to say thanks to DP Wilson and Justin J. Hammerstad for their uh, submissions. I know. We've been a bit behind with a couple of stories to catch up. Work, illness, school, just a combination of factors. Yeah. Just busy uh, as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do just remember this isn't our business, it's a it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll try our best though to keep a constant pre- presence. And in the end, we wanna the whole point of this is to showcase independent uh creators as well as talking about mainstream stuff. You know, it's it's celebration of the genre. That's what we're here for. So as usual, please keep up with the name of the channel, do the typey clicky things, and until next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific. horrific.